Hey listeners, we have a ton of stuff to announce before we begin this week's episode and we're excited to tell you about it all. First, we want to reiterate that we're a podcasting partner of BattleBards, a premium sound effect library made specifically as a way to enhance your games. If you like the sound effects you'll hear during this episode, you'll want to go check them out at BattleBards.com. Need spell effect sounds? They've got it. Swords clanging against shields? Yep. Even laser shooting? You bet. They have both fantasy and science fiction covered. Drop into BattleBards.com now to check it out. We mentioned this last week, but if you decide to sign up for their Prime service, be sure to use our exclusive code, STACK, to sign up. Toss them our code and you'll get plenty of benefits, like access to professional-grade sound effects, streaming access to all BattleBards content for use during your in-person games, and helpful tools like a mixer so you can queue up sounds to play ahead of time. You want to save money too, right? Again, use our stack code and the Prime subscription is automatically 20% off. It helps you out, it helps BattleBards out, and it helps us out by letting us get more sounds that we can use in our recordings. We have more details in our show notes, so please check them out today. The second thing we want to mention is that we now have an Instagram account. You can find us there at Stackadice, all one word. We'll use this account to share photos and videos of Stackadice related stuff. So if you're already one of the millions of Instagram users, consider dropping in to see what's new. And the last thing we are bursting with excitement to tell you is that starting today, we're having our very first giveaway. To celebrate our first thousand downloads, we're working with Dice Envy to bring one lucky listener a full set of Alliance Blue Metal Dice. You can check out our Twitter page for links and pictures of this amazing set. To be eligible to win, simply like and retweet our post at the top of our Twitter page and tag three friends. We'll have the random drawing on September 11th and we'll post the lucky winner. And while you're at it, stop by Dice Envy's page to tell them how much you love their dice. You can find them on Twitter at Dice Envy and at their website, DiceEnvy.com. That was a lot to cover, but now it's time for some D&D. Who's ready to tell a story? Our warm-up question is... We'll start with Peter. How fun. If you could change one thing about your character, what would it be, Fane? Obviously nothing. He's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I, I guess... I would make him manlier. <laughs> <laughs> what? He's like so wimpy and stuff. He's like, uh. well, he's young. Yeah. yeah. I know he's 24 in game terms, but that's still, that's young. young. He has room for growth. Yeah. And he you... wasn't brought up to the trade. You were raised quietly in yeah. a temple. Yeah, basically. Nice. And you, as you grow, Thane. Uh, your character will grow too. So it's all part and parcel. I mean, talk you are your character. What's that mean for me? I'm pretty much done growing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Womberbash. What's one, th- or what's one thing you want to change about Womberbash, Michael? That's a good question. Um, I'm having a hard time coming up with something. Yeah, I saw uh, the panicked look when I asked yeah, the question. I, 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 like, I like him as he is, quirks and all. I think, I think quirks help help make things interesting. So um, at this point, I'm going to say I wouldn't change a thing. 
He'll develop naturally. Yeah. Oh, Wamberbesh, <laughs> never change. <laughs> yeah, never change. Um, I think for for Tira, the only thing I would change, and this is probably more what I would change about myself, that she could come up with wittier quips faster. <laughs> I always think of be, like good one-liners to say to my enemies, like after, like two turns later when as, it's too as late. As you're standing <laughs> over their dead bodies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, even then, you know, like like last game, I had this great thing I wanted to say, but I didn't think of it until like seriously two turns after I had killed one of the guys. I was like, that's what I should have said, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> she'll be a, she'll be a, yes. too she'll be late a, then. She'll be asleep at night and wake up suddenly with like three new wit uh, quips that she could have like, said like, like three Mr. Games Furious. Ago. You lazy boy on the recliner. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Tira or me. Probably more me. That was me, not Tira. Follow a band of intrepid friends as they seek to understand the world changing around them, and as they work together to face a growing evil. Enter a world of adventure and mystery in Bardalon. Hi, this is Rhett, the DM for Stack of Dice, and with me is... Meredith as Tira Ironstag. Michael as Wamberbash Benson Mom. <laughs> <laughs> I almost forgot my name. <laughs> <laughs> Weichel. Weichel as Wamberbash Mama Bomb. <laughs> Wait, Mama, Mama number Bomb. five. <laughs> <laughs> <Wait>. Mandelbaum. <laughs> Fern as Peter Graham. Was <laughs> <laughs> like Kermit the Frog? Hey, mm. hello, Kermit the Frog here. Hey, I think that was Thane as Peter Greyhawk. <laughs> During our last episode, the party came at last to the city of Flynnmore, convincing the guards to allow entry to them and to a new companion, a persuasive, rakish troubadour named Rebek, in spite of an apparent ban due to his past behavior in the city. Once inside, Rebek quickly disappeared, leaving the party stuck with his luggage and no clear idea of where the library is, and of course the library is their sole reason for coming here. After several unsuccessful attempts to find clear directions, Tira located a woman who guided them partway into the city's main marketplace. As usual, Womberbash was enticed by the food, and Tira opted to stay with him, but Peter decided to press on. As he passed an alleyway, however, Peter noticed an odd little man who seemed to be making a transaction with another person. As money changed hands, Peter saw the little man receive several suspiciously familiar-looking stones in a gloved hand. The little man began to disappear deeper into the alley when three brutish thugs appeared from nowhere and began chasing him. Peter, followed closely by Tira and Wamberbash, rushed to the rescue. There was a brief but decisive battle in the alley, and the little man told them he wanted to reward them. Leading them deeper into the maze of alleys, coming at last to a nondescript door that he unlocked, inside he gave them a selection of wondrous items. And now they're preparing to venture back into the city. Who's ready to tell a story? I am. Me. Me. Me too. You are standing in the cellar with the earthen floor and the stone walls, and it's damp and everything. Uh, there, there are some little windows cut into the walls that allow trickles of light to come in. And so you're in Isimere's workshop, surrounded by his wondrous inventions and the things that he's been spending quite a lot of time on. And he says, before we go, 
I think perhaps you should change. And he's, <laughs> he's looking you up and down, Tira, uh, looking at the spatters of blood from your very brutal encounter with the bad guys in the alley. Yeah. And of course you have smears all up and down your front. And he says, I think I have something for you. And so he goes back to a little closet that he has uh, elsewhere in one of the dark corners of his, uh, his workshop. And he opens the closet and inside there's a chest. He opens it up and starts throwing things out. There's an apron. There's the other boot that matches the one that's on top of his head. There's a, there's a hat that has a little stuffed duck on top of it. And it's just things flying out, a couple scarves. And then he pulls out, ah, there it is. And he pulls out a deep purple shirt with ruffles at the collar and the sleeves. It's the only thing that he's thrown out so far that looks like it would fit you. Fetching. <laughs> Quite. And uh, <laughs> I don't have any, I'm like looking at my inventory. I don't have anything else I could wear. <laughs> uh, I have common clothes. You're wearing, you're wearing them. Oh. <laughs> and they are um, rather nasty at the moment. Right. Um, thank you. <laughs> I guess I take the purple shirt. Okay. Is it like long enough to be a tunic on me or? Uh, it's, it maybe comes down to about your mid, oh. mid thigh. So what about, so what about my bottoms? Like if I'm at my pants your or whatever. Your pants are okay. They're, okay. they're not too badly affected. <sighs> so maybe I cast kind of a. <laughs> I'm over there laughing. Hey, like, yeah. <laughs> cast kind of a. I thought you'd be eyeing the stuffed duck hat. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm actually going to pick that up and put it in my bag. Like, <laughs> okay. You add, want the duck hat. Add it to your... Uh, <laughs> as you pick it up, a simmer, says, Oh, yes, please take. <laughs> <laughs> Get this out of my house. I look around the other two. Cutter. Yeah. I just look around the other two like... Uh, Can I have some privacy, please? Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, And just, I guess, I'll accept the shirt with a decent grace. <laughs> Okay, uh, quick change, and yeah. you are now wearing a purple ruffled shirt. So do I add that to my inventory since I'm wearing it out of yes, here? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I'll put it where my iron pot used to be. <laughs> purple. Good riddance. <laughs> ruffled shirt. Yeah, and it's the sleeves and the collar and down the front. <laughs> so it's a pirate shirt, okay. It's all loose and baggy. And oh, grief. But it, it goes very nicely with your new axe. Yes. <laughs> The are, fashion are, barbarian. <laughs> 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 oh, boy. Okay. <clears throat> With that, he gives you something to clean up your face and your hands, too. So you are back to presentable, and you won't draw attention as you go back out into the sun. <laughs> I won't draw attention in a purple <laughs> ruffled shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You would not draw undue attention for your appearance. Yeah, okay. But the shirt, obviously, is going to be interesting. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right, so you step out into the street. Uh, actually, no, you step into the alleys, and Isimaris guides you. His little boot is bobbing around on his head as he's walking. And he gets you back out to the street after a few twists and turns. And as you think back, you realize quickly, I'm going to have problems finding my way back here if, if I ever tried to. If we needed to see Isimaris again? But you get back out on the street, and the sounds of the city, the bustle of everyday life is all around you once more. 
All right, so maybe I turn to a summaries and just say, well, thank you so much for the axe and and for the shirt. <laughs> um, we really, we really ought to be on our way. Can you point us in the direction of the library? That way, any points north along the street. Does it look fairly straightforward? I mean, <laughs> well, you have your directions from before, so Peter, oh, yeah. Peter knows the directions. And in fact, I believe, Michael, you wrote them down. On yeah. Yes, that's right. Uh, well, he was writing down the directions that the old Papa Smurf guy was giving, <laughs> like, go past the fountain and count the bricks and whatever it was. You have an idea of where you need to go. Okay. You do need just to head north on this street, and then that should lead you to the square, where you can then take that northwest street from there to get to the library. Okay. You make your way along this street, and there's no street sign or anything, so you don't know the name, but you're heading north, and as you go, you notice that the buildings are quickly changing from the more commercial buildings, the storefronts, and so forth, and they're becoming more residential. And as you are moving along, you notice, oddly enough, that many of the houses along this street, the front doors are just wide open, the window shutters are all thrown open, any Anything that they would have in the windows has been pulled aside. Peter, you recall from your previous trip through here that Flynnmore, because of the encroaching lichen that's on everything, that a sign of wealth is to show that your house is free of this lichen. And so people have their doors open to show, look, we don't have any of that moss growing inside our house, hmm. except in these feeders or things on the house, or maybe they've arrange the, the lichen to move in patterns on the side of the house. So they have these neat little geometric spirals and things to show, <laughs> yes, it's here, but it's here because we let it be here. So a lot of these houses along this road, and they're, they're some two or three stories tall, and they're very narrow, kind of like townhouses. The bottom floors are actually inset more than the top floors. The top floors actually jut out more. And so the sky above is more like a... a uh, uh, Skylight? Yeah, kind of like that. It's it's narrow it, it narrows as it goes up, basically. So it's for those of you who have never been in a city, Wamberbash primarily, Tira, of course, you're used to being in mines where you're completely closed in. Mm -hmm. So this is maybe a little unsettling to you to have a strip of light across the top, mm -hmm. uh, at letting the sunlight in. But at any rate, it's just a new experience for the two of you to be in a human city. Yeah. Uh, but you make your way along, and again, you have the sounds of the marketplace to the south of you. Uh, you hear people hawking goods, and uh, every now and then you catch little bits of music as somebody's playing a flute or whatever. And then you make your way north, and after about, I'd say, five minutes of walking and squeezing through the crowds, you do make your way into a place where it opens out into a large cobblestone square as the old man in the crowded city ward at the entrance of the city told you, yes, there's a beautiful golden fountain here with statue figures there and water spouting out. Uh, but it's, it's an interesting location because several things are going on here. First of all, across the top of this square are stone lattice work. And it's almost like a very narrow bits of stone and again, Peter, you remember that th they, these are actually troughs high up above that have little rivulets of water that flow along them. And then at the intersections of these lattice work stone troughs 
are these circle, almost like domes. And in the evening, they lower a ball out of it, and that ball is covered with this lichen also. But during the day, they draw it up in, and then the water flows around and helps stimulate the lichen growth. So in the evenings, this plaza becomes dimly lit. It's almost like ambient mood lighting mm. uh, that shines down. Also during the day, the plaza is filled with little tables. So they have all sorts of little coffee and tea shops out around the plaza. And then during the day, they have little tables set out and people come and gather and just talk about all sorts of things. In fact, as you walk through the plaza, you can hear uh, one person talking about the benefits of the mindset that there is a single God. Mm. Even Peter's ears itch. I viciously attack him. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm just going to kind of just square my shoulders and walk a bit faster. Okay. You also hear at one table, there's a group of people gathered around it, and they have these funny little stones that have sides cut onto them. And one of them says, now, what you do is you roll one of these, and uh, you will be playing a human accountant... What? <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding about that. But uh, there are just people out there chatting and having good conversations, and there's a hum of crowd noise throughout the plaza. And Tira, in the distance to the northeast corner of this plaza, you can hear somebody yelling, and the voice sounds very familiar. The gruff tones of a dwarf sound out above the crowd. And I look in that direction, or do I see him already? You can't see much from your vantage point. You're about four, <laughs> four and a half feet tall, yeah. so you're pretty well hemmed in. But you do hear, good ore prices, good ore prices. Is that one of my family members? You know that it, this is the dwarven contingent that came to deliver the ore. Okay, so I suggest to... Oh, I, I, hear, uh, I hear a familiar voice. I, I think that's my clan selling the ore, and I maybe head off in that direction. All right, are you going to wait for them, or are you just pushing through the crowd? Um, I think I'm going to push through the crowd and just go. Tira says, peace, and she takes <laughs> off. <laughs> Deuces you. Through the crowd. And I'm going to say it's going to take you a couple of minutes to make your way through. Womberbash and Peter, in the meantime, are you going to be doing anything? I'm going to try to hurry up and catch up. Oh, okay, all right. All right, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right, Peter says, while you're doing that, I'm going to go back here and argue with these monotheists. <laughs> I like pull out my mace, my persuasion. <laughs> no, I'm actually going to, um, I'm actually going to try and make my way over to the library and just wait there for them. Tira and Wamberbash, you're basically going to arrive at the Dwarven stand at about the same time. And I say stand, mm -hmm. it's actually a long table with, Dwarves posted at either end, and then just huge chunks of ore that are laid out. And this is obviously not the entirety of what the dwarves brought with them, but it is a significant part. And the dwarves are there, they're doing steady business, and behind them you can see a younger dwarf standing, and he is observing everything that's going on, but he's standing there with his arms folded. And Tira, you know that this is Roland Dark Tower. Roland Dark Tower. And as dwarves go, he is very young. In fact, he is about, he's in his 20s. So really, he's nothing more than a child, but he's a prodigy. He has proven himself as a very shrewd negotiator. 
And so your father has put him in charge of all the ore shipments and the bartering and the negotiation of prices with the city of Flinmore. When he sees you, he brightens up, Tira, hello, Roland. <laughs> and he comes around the table and he just gives you a big hug. Oh, sorry. It's so good to see you. Oh, it's great to see you too. What news from home? Oh, that's you. <laughs> oh, buddy. Have I got a story yeah. for you? <laughs> well, as a matter of fact, quite a bit has happened since, since you all left uh, with the ore. Uh, I'm not really sure to where to begin. Everybody's all right, but oh my goodness, so much has happened. What happened? Uh, well, not long after you all left for Flenmore, uh, a stranger from the forest turned up injured and uh, seemingly by bandits. And we, we tracked him. What's that? Oh, yeah, that's right. He's with me. I forgot. I'm sorry. Sorry, shut up. <laughs> Forgot that he came with me. Oh, look, he's right here oh, behind yeah, me. Oh, he's right here behind me, yeah. <laughs> Whoa. You didn't, yeah. Know, you didn't necessarily know he was following you, I guess. Oh, that's true, yeah. yeah. Oh, look at that. No, um, so this, I don't know, how would I, how would I introduce him? Just oh. as a word of warning, we are getting some heavy rain, and so if you hear any odd sounds in the background, just attribute it to that. Yeah. <laughs> and so we will hopefully uh, be able to salvage the sound from for this episode in spite of the sound of the rain okay anyway so all right let me backtrack here so not long after the dwarves left to sell to to make their way to flenmore uh Womberbash here a stranger from the forest it's pretty loud huh <laughs> A stranger from who lives in the forest Womberbash here turned up on the streets of flint on the streets of Arden, pretty badly injured. Um, I guess I gesture to Womberbash. I don't know what is he doing. Kind of. <laughs> He's forging. He's just staring. Yeah, Standing awkwardly. Staring, yeah. yeah. Maybe looking around the square, trying to okay. not feel too. I'm actually right. looking for Peter because I realize he's not with us at this point. Okay. Okay. But I just go on my story. I don't really need him to yeah. say anything. Um, so we saw his wounds in the, what's the name of the chapel again? Chapel of the Healing Hand. Of the Healing Hand, Hand yeah. So we saw his wounds in the Chapel of the Healing Hand. But then, uh, so we, we went with him back to his home and we tried to track the bandits who had attacked him. And we found them and there was, uh, I don't know, it, there's so much to tell you. But after that, we made our way back to Arden because the bandits were getting ready to march on the village. And we, we just got back in time, and uh, the um, we fortified ourselves in the mayor's compound, and um, it was a, it was a really rough battle. Thankfully, the dwarves, my father, uh, consented to kind of reinforce the town with with the rest of the dwarves who stayed behind, and we were able to fight them off. But now Wumberbash and Peter from the chapel and I are are off on a mission. I'm on that mission. Where's Peter? I don't see him. He didn't come with us? No, I, I don't see him anywhere. Do they see me making my way over to the library? No, well, I wouldn't, yeah. yeah. Nice. I think we have to have a talk. We, we need to really stick together. I don't like when we go off on our own. 
And nothing, so nothing good ever. Time, yeah, yeah, nothing good ever happens when we split up. I'll bet Peter's just trying to make his way to the library because, you know, that is kind of the whole reason we came here. I'm sorry. I just I was so excited just to to see home folk. So much has happened in the last couple of days. It feels like it's been forever since I've been around my own kind. No one was injured, were they? No dwarves? No, no dwarves were injured. Some of the townspeople were, though. Roland looks relieved. It's definitely good to see you. Um, how, how's the trade going? Oh, things are booming here, you can see. And it's as there, there are just lines of people. You can see some of them are finely dressed. They're obviously merchants of some repute. And they are, uh, you, glancing over, you can see the rolls of parchment. They're writing down rather large numbers, both of quantity of ore and the gold that goes with it. And so there's a lot of trade going on. And Roland says, we, we can barely... <laughs> We can barely get the ore here fast enough for them. Well, that's wonderful. It is, it is. And I'll tell you what, uh, the city has been very gracious to us. In return for a little bit of work on our part, they're letting us board right here. And he points behind him to a large, rather distinguished-looking building. Uh, it's obviously a place of comfort, and the, the dwarves basically take it over every time they come into town. Hmm. Uh, but he says, yes, uh, for... A little bit of engineering work on our part, we have the run of the place. What kind of engineering work? Well, it, it depends on the day. We get different uh, commissions, but the most recent one was a set of tables for the library. Oh. Yeah, these special tables. They're really intricate. You'll have to see them. They're wooden, and you'll know them when you see them. I'll just leave it at that. It's a nice surprise. Oh, so they're already in the library. Okay. I thought that we were working on them still. We've given them a couple. There are more in the works. Well, the library is where we're trying to get to. Oh, it's a wonderful place. Uh, it's well worth your time to go there. Well, we definitely need to go there, and I think that must, might be where Peter has gone. Hey, what can you make with this stuff? Tira. <laughs> <laughs> Tira knows, but I don't. <laughs> uh, goose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can smelt it down, and this right, kind of... The first thing I was thinking of was weapons. <laughs> yeah, so th this is many different ores that you are mining. Obviously, you have a lot of the same kind, but mostly it's going to be for weapons or say, clearly, for... Clearly, you can make tables out of it? <laughs> They're making that out of wood? <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow, a solid iron table. <laughs> Exactly. You can make a table weapon with it, and uh, <laughs> an edged table, <laughs> a very sharp weapon table. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, um, well, mainly they're used for weapons. <laughs> Frisbees. Like what kind of weapons? Like, like you know what? I I think, I think I'd like a sh a sword or something. Like a maybe a short sword or something. I need I need to be able to. Defend myself. That's not a bad idea, actually. Could we make him a sword? Making one would take probably more time than you have, but there are there's a vendor right over there, and he points in the direction. Again, it's towards the northwest corner of the plaza. But I, I like this ore. This ore came from, from Tira's place. Dwarven-made swords are can I can, can I have this piece, this chunk? The, the piece isn't going to do you a whole lot of good. It takes... Great skill to make a sword out of this. Well, don't I know how to do it? Or am I just a miner? I'll tell you what. I'll be right back. 
and he steps back inside that great building. And after several minutes of waiting, uh, you see him come back out and he is carrying a short blade wrapped in cloth. Is this made with that stuff? It is. I was planning on giving it as a gift to someone, but I can make another. That's very generous of you, Roland. Sorry. <laughs> That's the dwarf pronunciation. <laughs> I was pretty sure it was Roland, and then I thought, wait, wait, wait. Randy? Randy? Ronald? Rodolfo. <laughs> is it a natural short sword? It is okay. a short sword. Nothing what? special about what, it. Yeah, what, what's the reach on that, by the way? Five feet. Okay. Do I have to pay for it? Do I, do, do I, I don't have any money. You're a friend of Tira's. Okay. Oh, I was going to say, I've got some money. Then that gonna go Your money's no good. I guess if he's going to give it to me for free, then I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> how, how do I use this now? You hold the knots. Yeah, you hold. <laughs> yeah, we. I can show you a little bit about that later. Okay. Right now, I think we need okay. to get to the library and okay. find Peter. We will now cut to Peter. Peter, you make your way towards the northwest corner, but because of the nature of the crowd, you are finding yourself shunted more north than northwest. And so you are trying to make your way. You figure at this point, probably the best way to do it is to go north and then skirt along the edge where the crowd isn't and try and make your way to the northwest corner. As you go that way, you hear a sound of a single clear trumpet and it cuts through all the din. And then you can see people parting as a palanquin, you know, the the carried... um, Oh, those things were like one guy on each end and they carried on their shoulders? Yes. Okay. And so they approach, and as they come to a stop, you see a figure step out in front of a beautiful building. This, this building is not like anything you've ever seen before. The architecture is at once both very solid-looking, but also very light, almost airy. And you can see a mark on either side of the entrance gate to this building. It's a mark of a sunburst. And these low marble walls, the walls themselves are covered in sheets of marble, of white marble, that has, interestingly, little streaks, uh, swirls of blue, almost sky blue in it. It's a beautiful combination, the creamy marble and the blue swirls. And so this low wall extends the entire front of the building and forms almost a small semi-enclosed courtyard. But at the far side of the courtyard, that same marble sheathing goes up the front of this building and you have these elaborate pillars that go up and uh, a dark entrance to a building. Uh, And then above it, you can see the name Ardan posted. And you know from your experience that Ardan is the god of sky and the sun and other things like that. So one of the circle of light deities. As you are standing there admiring the beauty of the building and seeing this palanquin come to a stop, you do you see this figure step out, and the first thing that you notice is this woman is the most beautiful person you've ever seen. She steps out gracefully, and her foot touches the ground, and you can see that she is covered in silver plate mail armor, 
and the armor is it has swirls of blue inlaid enamel that go up in these twining patterns that go up the greaves and up uh, the skirt of her breastplate and then the breastplate itself just has a, a vivid blue sun with radiating lines that make the sun burst and then she has shoulder length blonde hair and piercing blue eyes and as she steps out of this shoulder carried cart she serenely surveys the crowd around her and everyone has stepped back a respectful distance and you can sense an aura of peace and tranquility emanating from her cool we're gonna keep moving to the library <laughs> peter's in love <laughs> no <laughs> well like is she between me and the library yes you you've your passage has been forced to come to a halt uh, as the crowd has built up around this. And as she steps out, you can hear a couple people near you elbow each other, and one of them says, I've never seen a paladin before. Okay. <laughs> I know where this is going. And as she observes, she scans the crowd around her, and then she locks eyes with you for just a moment, and you can feel almost a... A voice in your head. <laughs> I went insane. Peter just by is looking in love. <laughs> Tira, Peter has no game. <laughs> no joke. I know. Right? <laughs> I know, right? She's this gorgeous it. woman. I'm going to the library. <laughs> Get out of my way, Blondie. <laughs> I'm going to go play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> and then her gaze moves on, and she walks serenely through the crowd and through the gate, and up the steps of the temple. You now know it's a temple of Arden. And from there, she turns and takes something from a pouch at her side and lays it on a small altar that is built there on the front steps. And you can see her kneel before the altar and begin to pray. I don't really know what all I should do. I mean, she's just doing her own thing, and I guess I just have to keep on saying. <laughs> this is obviously, like, I'm supposed to interact with her in some way, but I'm like a teenage dude. What do you expect? <laughs> I'll say that you are, you find yourself fascinated by that seeming aura of confidence that she has, the poise with which she carries herself, and the comments around you. Again, you can hear the whispers of the people in the crowd with you, and some of them are saying uh, that she's a representative of Arden, that she has an uncommon connection with the God she serves, mm. and that she uses her power to protect those who cannot protect themselves. Peter is walking forward. You take the first tentative steps forward, and you find that you are the only one who is moving forward, so you're leaving the crowd behind. Peter walks forward into this little sanctum, and it almost seems as soon as you step past that gate, the sound of the crowd diminishes greatly. And you walk forward, and do you want to approach her right out? Because she's still praying. No, I'm going to wait a respectful distance. Okay, good. So you stop maybe 15 feet short at the foot of the stairs, the marble stairs. And after a few moments, you can see her head come back up. And then without turning around, she says... May I help you? Come closer. I walk closer. All right, you shuffle your way up the stairs. Are, are you moving awkwardly or are you moving confidently? S carefully. Somewhere in between. Okay, 
you make your way up the stairs and now you're a stair lower than her as she stands and turns and she looks down at you. She's about the same size as you. And she says, what is your name? Peter. Peter. I'm a, I'm a cleric of Vasham. Ah, a fellow partaker in the harmony. Yes. <laughs> I am Radiance. I'm a paladin of Ardan. A paladin? A, an earthly warrior who fights the battles for her god. How does one become a paladin? Well, I suppose it starts with a calling. You hear a voice, perhaps, or you see great injustice that needs to be addressed, and you make the decision that you will do something with the powers you have. Powers? Yes. I subconsciously pull out my star stone. I'm just holding it in my left hand. Discreetly? So just, yeah, just, just okay. kind of, like, I don't even really know I'm doing it. I just have it at my side. Uh, perhaps power is a bit of a, an overstatement. Uh, what I mean is you use the abilities you have, and in the act of service I find that I draw closer to Arden. With every person I help, I see his light shine more and more. You seem to have the mark of one who could do this. You have an air about you. And she smiles and it feels like sunlight washing over you. Thank you. <laughs> Aww. Peter is so tongue-tied. <laughs> uh, I, I almost see him like the hobbits talking to Galadriel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like Great that. Great lady. <laughs> something like that. She smiles again and um, puts a hand on your shoulder and says, it doesn't need to be anything ornate. You make the determination, and if your god chooses you, you will know if you're accepted. I nod. It has been very good to meet you, Peter. Perhaps our paths will cross again. And with that, she steps lightly around you, down the stairs. You can hear the echo of her metal shod boots on the stairs. And then with the faintest scent of jasmine, she's gone. And you are left standing on the stairs of the Temple of Arden with the feel of her hand on your shoulder. Okay. Uh, after a couple of seconds, I just kind of like come to myself and realize I need to go to the library. <laughs> Gotta go to the library. <laughs> it's like a half-track mine. <laughs> Let's go ahead and move you back out of the courtyard of the temple. And you step out of the gate just in time to see the palanquin moving back through the crowd. And as it leaves in its wake, you can see Tira and Womberbash approaching you. Do we do as we approach? Do we see him coming out of the gate, or do he, yes. is he just there? Okay. Yeah, you see him stepping just through the gate, okay. and he has a dazed look on his face. Peter, what has happened to you? Where have you been? Oh, I've just been talking with oh, uh, no, nothing. Yeah, let's, uh, I, I think I see the library over there. Let's... Wait, do... Peter, clearly it was not nothing. You look like you were just coming out of a dream just now. Who were you talking to? Oh, just another cleric. 
I would look at Wormerbash like, I don't believe him, but I guess we should move on. All I know is he smells a little different. He smells funny. Like like a musk or something is coming off of him. (laughs) Is this another word coming up? (laughs) Smusk. Can you make up a word for lavender? A smoojit. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's got like, yeah, he smells weird. Like, like, he smells like when the, um, when the animals are in mating season. Whoa. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were referring to the trace of lavender that went after the lady. Oh, jasmine, not lavender. Sorry. Yeah, he, he kind of stinks actually. (laughs) Says the pot to the kettle. (laughs) A single tear rolls down. Oh wait, no, that's me, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um... So, anyway. Let's keep moving. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like I said, I look at Bash kind of like... You're not buying it. Yeah, this. I'm not buying it. You know, maybe, maybe we can get out of him later. And we just... Well, uh, we ran into some dwarves. Well, I ran into some dwarves. And he directed us to the library and said that we might find some interesting things there. I think we should get on our way. You have to stop running away. Yes, that's a, that's a good point. We need to stick together. We can't keep splitting up like this. We're spending all of our time <laughs> running around the city after this, that, and the other. We need to just stay together and get to the library. I have a sword now. <gasps> he does. Oh, cool. I don't know how to use it. Well, we'll talk about that later. Well, let's, let's go ahead and uh, get moving. I want to put this luggage down. Oh, my goodness. That's right. We have... Maybe we should just leave this stuff somewhere because that guy's clearly not coming back. No, 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 no. We need to hang on to it because he's our responsibility like he's my responsibility. I'm not going to lose sight of him. We're going to hold on to this. We have already lost sight of him hours ago. Well, he'll come back for this stuff and he knows a lot about the city, so he'll probably find us. All right. We can keep him with us to the library, but once we finish doing what we need to do there, if we, if, what was his name again? Rebeck. 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 Uh, but if Rebeck has not found us by the time we're done at the library, I say we leave his things at the desk and, and go. Where is the library? Oh, it's uh, just over there. He points in the direction of the northwest corner of the plaza to where a sign is hanging that says Temple Street. Okay, so we go. You force your way through the crowd, you head up Temple Street, and again, another five minutes or so, and you suddenly see the imposing edifice of the library. Ah. <laughs> the library does have a, a deep front porch, again, up a series of steps. It's a very imposing-looking building, several stories tall, and it's got these massive stone pillars, apparently made out of the same stone that surrounds the, the moorland. And as, as you approach, you notice that there are two huge iron baskets out front that have wood burning. And even on a spring day where it's, there's, there's a touch of warmth in the air, it might seem a little strange to have these fires burning until you realize that they're probably there to burn off the moisture in the air to preserve the documents mm. inside. Um, Good point. All right, well, I'm just going to head up the stairs. <laughs> Finally, we found it. Let's, let's get inside. I just head up the stairs. Mm-hmm. You go up the stairs, and as you enter the library, you go through those massive doors, and the doors, you notice as you pass by them, have intricate carvings that it's basically illustrating the history of the town of Flynnmore. Mm. 
Hmm. So you have a line of people uh, moving with carts and carriages. You have uh, somebody digging up stone. You have somebody who is speaking from a great stone platform. Uh, it's just a bunch of things that don't really make a whole lot of sense to you okay, not, was, not being from here. That was going to be my next question. If we, if we notice anything that but, kind of hearkened to our quest. Nothing that really seems to jump out. It's probably more just here is our history. And so you, uh, you pass through those doors. And Tira, you are struck immediately by the beauty of the stone floor. The, the f- stones were obviously slabs cut from the more stone plucked from the land. What's interesting to you is that the cross section of the stone shows all sorts of intricate color mixtures. You have, even from the same piece of stone, you have layers of purple and green and red. And as they cut different layers off the stone, those different colors show through, and they are highly polished and pieced together in ways that um, that make for a very neat floor design. So even though it's not dwarven craftsmanship, mm-hmm. you are still very impressed by what these people have done. This is beautiful. And as you enter, you can see ahead of you through several rows of dusty-looking shelves when you're looking at a set of shelves today, you know how we have regular just flat piece, cross, flat yeah. piece, flat piece. Now mm-hmm. within those flat pieces, the shelves, they have X's built in as uh, cross braces. And then those allow scrolls to be inserted. Okay. And so it's just a, a neater way of keeping scrolls on shelves. You're maximizing the use of space. And directly ahead of you, you can see a round desk made of dark wood and there's a person sitting there. I dart immediately over to the person and say, "Do you do you have any books on animals?" And I I want to I want a book on on fighting with weapons. Oh, there's a, a couple of good questions. Are, and I'm assuming the two of you are close behind. Right. Yeah, come a bit slower. The person at the desk is a. a is a woman with glasses, and she pushes them up her nose so she can get a better look at you, Womberbash. She sits back a little bit when she sees your rough-looking... Are, are you wearing the skins or the habit? Skins. Okay, you're back to the skins. That's right. She, There's a moment of obvious registration. that She's registering the fact that you're wearing these skins. And then uh, she says, let's see, animals... Um, I have to say, we are in the process of improving how we do our searching here, uh, but the animal books are over that way, and she gestures behind her to her right. Weapons fighting. Hmm. Let's see, those would be the opposite side, and she points back behind her to her left. Well, now, we are here looking for something on the what? Do so I, I, I step up and I say... <laughs> should have um, written that down. I can't remember what it I'm was. I'm looking for something... Anything you have on the jewels of Edelin? Okay. In true Hippocratic fashion, I jet. Because the moment she tells me what direction the books are, I run off. He just said we need to stay together. That's why he said in true Hippocratic fashion. Yeah, that's hypocritical. Hypocritical. I said that. <laughs> he starts administering CPR. <laughs> true hypostantial manner. <laughs> so I, I might be kind of, Womper Bash! And he's gone. You can hear his the, the retreating splat, splat, splat of his feet on the stones as he, <laughs> as he leaves you. How do we spell Edelin? E-D-E-L-E-N-N. Okay. Peter, you ask about what? The jewels of Edelin. 
Yes, we're looking for information on the jewels of Edelin. At that, the woman sits back and she looks very surprised. The what? The jewels, jewels of Edelin? This is remarkable. I just had someone in here a moment ago asking about that very thing. I've not heard any questions for uh, years and years and years. And now at this same day within... Uh, I, I'm sorry, I'll just tell you what I told him. Uh, you go back directly behind me, and then uh, you'll have to make a right, and you'll see a section with red shelving. That is close to where you need to be. And again, we are in the process of converting to a new finding system, but uh, that's the best I can give you at the moment. Just look for a scroll with a purple rod in it. Wait, I'm sorry. Somebody else was in here asking you about the jewels of Edelin today? Yes. Who was he? I, I've never seen him before, but... So he was not from Flunmore. That doesn't mean anything. It's, it's a big city. I think it strikes me as odd that anybody else would be asking about these because my understanding is that this is kind of like long lost knowledge. What if it was Rebeck? <sighs> Do we tell him anything about? I don't know. Did we? Did we talk about our quest at all on the way when we were? I don't remember. Do you remember? You're, you cudgel your brains and you don't yeah. really seem to recall anything that you made mention of. I suppose it could have been Rebeck, but what interest would he have in? Oh, you're not with us. <laughs> looking at looking at Michael like oh, he's not with us though. You hear a shelf fall over somewhere in the distance. <laughs> he's climbing the shelf. He's like look, and there's just dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> the whole thing just collapses. I'm helping. <laughs> Find this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that seems odd, and I don't know. I'm kind of unsettled by that. Here, we'll we talk, should hurry back yeah, there. We'll talk on the way. So we go back. Yeah, right, we hurry behind her. Red shelves. Scroll with a purple rod. All right, now we are going to revert to a 4th edition style. Uh, I'm taking what? this from, from another group. This is going to hurt. And they, they instituted a, uh, a series of checks, and you have successful checks versus unsuccessful checks. I'm yeah. going to say you, you're going to pick different abilities, not ability skills, to use. So you have your skills listed in the gray boxes down by your abilities, your strength, dexterity. You have, yeah, th those are your skills. And you're going to pick a different one. You need to have three successes before you have three failures in order to be successful at finding this scroll. All right, do we have to, do we have to pick the ones that are blacked in? Nope. Anything okay. is fair game. It's just that the blacked in ones allow you to have a little bit extra bonus. Right. I'm going to do perception. All right, uh, so describing this, Peter, I guess maybe you draw up for a moment, you put your hand out and Tira bumps into it. You do see there are actually several sets of red shelves. Hmm. Yeah, she said that that was just close to where we oh, need to be. Back and then to the right. Yes, you are near several red shelves. Okay, so I'm mm -hmm. just going to pull out my perception. and. But how? explain how you're going to, what are you going to do? I'm just going to walk among each, among several of the red shells, just looking for a purple rod. All right. Start with perception. That is a 21. You do see, as you pass by the first set of red shelves, you can see that some of the scrolls seem to have been pulled out slightly, and you can tell that they've been pulled out slightly because there's a layer of dust, and then it just stops. And then the, the scroll has not been touched by the dust, 
indicating that perhaps it's been buried a little bit more under. So you see with your perception that some of the scrolls have been disturbed here. Tira, it is your turn to do a check. It cannot be perception. Um. And Peter, do you say anything? Someone's been looking through here. Hmm. He points down the line of the shelf. Okay. History? I don't know. Investigation. I'm going to do an investigation check. <laughs> Peter points down. He says, somebody's been going through the scrolls here. He points, okay. and you do see where that scroll has been pulled out, or, okay. or several have been pulled out. Go ahead and do a, an investigation check. Six. Plus. One. <laughs> Tira goes up, and she doesn't see anything immediately that looks like it's out of place. All the scrolls seem to be here. In fact, that little cubicle is Mm -hmm. full of scrolls, like none have been removed from here. So you're one up, one down. Peter, Tira, I, I, look, I found these three books. The, this, this book right here is, uh, this is about all the animals, and, and this is, it's got a lot of stuff in here. And I, I found uh, another book on, on, on fighting with a sword, and it's got a, lot of bu- a bunch of pictures. And then I, I found a third book uh, about, all about mushrooms. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep these books. I don't think you can keep them. No, 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 I found them. <laughs> That's not how a library Excuse works, Excuse me, Bash. I yeah. gathered that. <laughs> yeah. That's well, not exactly how a library works, Bash, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Right what's now... What's going on? Well, we spoke to the librarian, and she told us that somebody else has been asking about the jewels of Edelin just earlier today. So we came back here to try and uh, find the scrolls on it. Peter noticed that some of them have been moved. I don't see anything out of the ordinary, but... Um, do you notice anything? Uh, well, what, what kind of, I see a bunch of scrolls. Why can't we just ask the lady to come over and get it for us? Well, we, she told us to look for one that had a purple rod. rod. Like, like the, like yeah. the thing that's, it, it's glued onto, that rolled around. That's the, right. that's purple. Okay, I'll do a history check then. That's what I was going to do until you talk me into investigation. Dope. Is that a two? I'm going to use a luck point. Yeah, I was about to say a luck point. <laughs> Quickly. <coughs> well, the exact same thing. I'm going to use one more luck point. <laughs> Third time's a charm. Come on, Bash. Yeah. Twelve. That's another down. Oh. Okay. You, you hold up the wooden rod and you smell it and it has a distinctive odor that you know you've smelled before. That's what you were doing. You were smelling the rod yeah, yeah. of a uh, scroll. I'm going to also taste it because I'm going to try to see if I can taste whatever you was used to diet. Yeah, you've, you've tasted it before too, but that's not really going to help you in the search for where this other scroll with the purple rod is. Oh, dear. All right, Peter, you better bring it home, buddy. All right. Regardless, I'm going to go around and <laughs> sniff I mean, and look at the same time. I can't really think of any other skills that would be useful for... Looking for something. Well, I don't know. I mean, this the scroll has to do with some of this magical stuff or whatever. Arcana Maybe do an arcana check. Arcana check, even though... Maybe I the don't... scroll itself is magical. <laughs> oh, I was getting ready to land something better, too. That is a nine. That's your third down. Oh, man. We yeah. stink. <laughs> You're just so overcome by this building. Wait, is there somebody else... In here with us? 
That lady should be able to show us. Come over here and show us. She can get up on her <laughs> she seat. Can get up off her chair. Get up <laughs> off her hiney and come do her librarian job. All right, you have failed your third attempt. <sighs> We're terrible questers. <laughs> and you're just standing there in the bookshelves, in the scroll shelves. Uh, Womberbash has already padded off down. He's sniffing as he goes, but the, the two of you are just standing there. And uh, that's it. That's that's the best you can come up with. You right. your trail has gone cold at this point. We can't right. just look through each of the rules. You certainly well, can. Well, we can, but Absolutely. we don't have any. There are hundreds of scrolls on this row of shelves alone. I don't know. I maybe we just need to go back to the woman at the desk and ask her if she can uh, come back with us. Give us a little more direction than just go back there and look for a purple rod. Womberbash, as you step out the other end of the, of the scroll shelves, you turn to the right, you see a long wooden table with intricate gears up the leg and the trough down the middle, the lichen here is growing along the water trough. And so there's a dim glow. It's, it's a reading table, oh. basically. And the water, the gears circulate the water to keep it from growing Stale. Is that one of the dwarf tables? And so you, as you go out that end and look to the right on the table, you can see there's nobody else at the table, but there is a scroll open, and you do see a purple rod on that scroll. Hey, 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 I think I, 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 I found a, a purple scroll, purple rod on a scroll over you on did? this table. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so I went over that. We're over to it. I'm going to go over to it, and I'm going to smell it. <laughs> smells, smells right. It smells like purple. Yeah, it tastes, it tastes a little bit like it. <laughs> the scroll is open. It is unraveled, and it's laid out flat on the table. And uh, Wombervash, as you're looking at it, you can see there's an archaic hand that wrote the original text. But in light pencil markings in the margins, you can see little notes scribbled in, and there's a pencil lying there on the table. Nobody else is here, but you do see that. But as you stare at the text, it's a spidery hand. That The, the original text is it's this blocky, uh, dense text that's very hard for you to make out. You've never been particularly good at reading anyway. Um, and Tira, as you approach, you see also this, this is some crazy hand. I'm going to yeah. smell the pencil. You smell it? Just mm-hmm. to get like a scent of who might have actually been uh, mm. using the pencil recently. You smell, and I'll say that you don't really get a good scent off of it. You do have a human nose, after all. But you um, you don't really get anything that would be of great use to you. But I... Is my nose any different? I don't know. <laughs> no, no different. Right. But I, I do... Okay, so I take note of the table, and I recognize it immediately. say, this must have been made by the dwarves. You can this see... This is clearly the... <laughs> You can see stamped into yeah. the corner of the table, there's the dwarven mark, the iron stag mark. Okay, all right. This this must be one of the tables that Roland was talking about. Boy, it's, it's magnificent. It's beautiful. Here, let me see that scroll. Yes, Peter, can you make this out at all? Yes, I can. <gasps> and why? Because... I Did you write this? Can. No, you wouldn't have written it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was me, not Tira. <laughs> I can read it because the dungeon master says I can. Yeah. And it's because of it's your exposure to the Green Book. Yes. Oh yeah, because because I read the Green Book, which is the Vashamite's Bible, basically. 
Hmm. I can read. What does it say? Here is what it says. <gasps> well, home there was a king in noble land who rose to throne full mighty in his power. His head was high, his frame of kingly state. The rod of governance was in his hand. Full well the people trusted him to lead, but he was turned by lust for golden things. And blood the people dry through lusty greed, no bottom had he for his deep desire. No treasure deemed he worthy short of all. All rings and scepters sought he to control, no matter where in Edelin they lay. To this ignoble end he put his men, four captains of his armies, valorous all. They scoured the land and four directions rode, returned with wagons heaped with treasure bright. Yet greatest skill in metals was still not, in that consumed king now jaundiced I. And taking up the captain's families again, their lives were forfeit should they fail again. With tears and eyes the captains rode anew, and bent with doubled minds to task at hand. They knew the price that failure bore too well, and cursed in silence him for whom they rode. But while the captains fared so far afield, close enemies attacked the foolish king. He, unprepared with armies with no heads, fell victim to the force and might of arms. They bore him thence to dungeons deep and dark, and in the gloom he wailed for days gone by. Oh, that he had not sent in foolish pride the very ones on whom his safety lay. But late, too late, the lesson came to him, and soon he loosed his grip on golden toys to buy his freedom from the hated foe. When came the captains to report their woe, for none had found more riches for his hoard, they found a broken man on empty throne. How unlike king the weeping men now seemed. He welcomed them with open arms spread wide, and gave to them their families unharmed. With tears the captains now confessed their lack, no treasures could replace the empty vaults. But jewels fine they had encountered when, and I'm going to kind of uh, roll the scroll a little bit so that um, I can read the next part. In journeys wide they chanced upon great wealth, not wealth of thing or wealth of smiling gold, but wealth of knowledge and of helpful craft. Four cities had these noble riders found, four jewels shining in the farthest reach. First in the west, in tangled jungles thick, a city carved from stone and woody root, Jarhamanand, its height, that, uh, that wondrous place. The next in west again, on mountain high. What? <laughs> the base. <laughs> He's going, what? <laughs> Okay. Next in west again on mountain high, with terraces of flowers by breeze caressed, it was yclept Tuolnoe, the quiet peace. And then in east, a desert place and bare, a roving city made of tents and ropes, fierce nomads round its route yclept Jama. The last but not the least in east was set, on white-rimmed coast against the jungle dark, Abendele, the fair, a lovely city bright. These were the jewels the captains brought their king, for cities great in learning, knowledge, and power. When told the king did weep and rue the day that gold dreams did blind him to the cost, his pride would bring upon the people dear. Not all was lost, for then in days the king did send for peace both east and west. The stores of knowledge found and made did share. Then came a day when wealth to him restored, yea, twice and thrice his vaults were overfilled. For knowledge is the greatest treasure here, that mortal man may seek to sate his thirst. And so the lesson comes to all who read, Beware of fleeting treasure in your hand, That is today yet on the morrow flees, But seek instead the price I cannot fail, And draw upon the jewels of Edelin. That's all there is.
Oh, is that it? <laughs> <laughs> what about the notes in the margin? I'm sorry, can, can you read that again? Yes. All right. So, <laughs> so, I mean, it sounds like the cities are the jewels, but it's really the knowledge within the cities. But did it say it came back, the knowledge came back to Adelan or no? Do you remember, Peter? Um, I believe it's on the latter part of that scroll. The knowledge came back to Adelan? I'm asking, did it? Um, I can't remember. I remember something about... The they, knowledge and filling up his treasures from, two and from, three times over. Yeah, from what it seems. So, um, not all was lost, for then in after days the king did send for peace, both east and west, and stores of knowledge found and made did share. Then came a day when wealth to him restored. Yea, twice and thrice his vaults were overfilled, for knowledge is the greatest treasure here that mortal man may seek to sate his thirst. Okay, so it wasn't... You hear somebody say, shh. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't that it necessarily came back to Adelan, but the, the knowledge was shared. And because he sought that over treasures, the automatic reward of him seeking the knowledge was his treasure was restored. Right, that's, that, sounds, that sounds closer to what it's saying. Solomon. But... Um, Who's that? <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, um, <laughs> but there's, there's squallings all in the, in the margins. Is there any... Clearly, whoever looked at these well, this morning wrote, I wrote something. I wrote down a couple of things. There's, I wrote down on my little piece of paper, <laughs> Jehamada. Yeah. So, so uh, the city, the cities that it lists, Jarhamanad, J A R H A M A N A D. Okay. Pretty close. Then we have Tuol Nui, T U O, space, N U E. We have Jama, J-A-M-A. And finally, we have Abendele. Abendele. E-B-E-N-D-E-L-E. Pretty close. So we have Chahamanad to the west in jungles, Tuanue, hmm. uh, also in the west, but on a mountain. We have... Uh, Jama to the east, a a desert place and bear. That sounds like. What was the name of that country? It was. You've heard of it. Sathlarban, I think. Would Peter know that place? Ebendele is located okay. in the east okay. as well. It's a country that borders Moraga, so it's oh, not yeah. like it's unknown. And mm. uh, Ebendele, I think that's one of the cities in, in Muaka. Just to the south. Hmm. Abendele is in the south? Well, southeast. You know, Abendele is... Abendele. Yeah. Okay. That's the name of an old, old city. So we have to go to these places, I think. I I don't know. Please, Peter, what do the, what do the hey, notes put, in put, the... Hey, hey put, put stop that, asking questions. Put that scroll in your purse. Put it in your purse. <laughs> put it in your purse. <laughs> <laughs> My purse. Put that in your purse. <laughs> I am going to roll up no. the... I am going to roll up the scroll and kind of... Is there a Xerox? Would somebody look at the... Wait, first, I'm, first I'm going to... Am I... Can people hear me talking? You've been dead the whole time. Yes, <laughs> You died in the fight. Success. Twist ending. Ah, plot twist. All right, Mom, what do you want? I want you to look at the, the notes that whoever looked at the scroll this morning put on there. 
So, so Dad gonna, said there were notes. So what we're going to do is I'm going to roll it. I'm just taking it out of pocket. We're going <laughs> to Tira goes into a rage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Roll for damage. <laughs> I'm going to roll initiative. You feel a sharp pain in your head. <laughs> Found another iron pot. <laughs> or an axe. That's what she calls her new axe. Iron pot. Iron pot. <laughs> what do the notes say? What do the notes say? <laughs> My idea, um, what do the notes say? <laughs> oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> what do the notes say? You can't tell. I'm forgetting to say! <laughs> I knew it was a waste of time. For all that! <laughs> they are very lightly written, and even where you can begin to make something out, it's in a language or... Maybe some encrypted script that you just cannot make out. So I don't recognize whatever language it might be in? Correct. Okay. Awesome. I, I think it's important that we have this scroll. Is there any way, Peter, you can write this down or copy it or something? I have a better idea, and I, like, hide it underneath my scale mail. <gasps> What's your alignment? That's Are you I lawful thought. good, Thane? Lawful good. All right. You would not do that. Well, I'm What's neutral good. Would I do it? What's your alignment? So I'm neutral good. Would I do that? That would be more in line with something you would do. Okay. I'm, I'm neutral good as well. All right. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm taking like, these books. Hang on, hang on. So, so, um. I'm going to go look at these scrolls over here. <laughs> <laughs> so, Peter, uh, I, I, I like, as much as I hate this, this is really important. I can't, I can't go through with this. One of you guys take it. <laughs> I'll take it. I mean, how long will it take for you to copy that down? How long take him just to read it? <laughs> too, yeah, too, too long. <laughs> really? It they shouldn't take you more than a half an hour to copy that down. Do you have writing implements, ink, quill, There's or a pencil pen? right there. Let's That's see, true. So I have... Do you have paper? No. Mm. I, I have the map. You could write it on the back of the map. Ask the librarian for some paper. <laughs> So I, I, I do I do have I do have the back of the map. Wait, the map. Yeah, the map. Do these oh, actually, four cities show up on the map? Actually, I'm going to look at it and I do I at least recognize the location of Abendeling. Those stars, isn't those? Go ahead and scroll out the map next to this text. Okay. Uh, and so spread out, uh, you can actually make out a couple things of interest to you. Uh, you see, yes, the star. One of the stars to the southeast does appear to be the location of Abendele. Number two thing you notice is that from the pinprick of ink you put on the map, mm -hmm. you see that the star has moved from that. I also go, Tira, Tira, look, I told you. You told me what? Look, the, st the star it was you, moving. You didn't, you didn't believe that the star Oh, that's moved. right. Okay, so I looked at it and I, I can't look, deny. Here's, here's I, where we yeah. marked it, and there it is right now. Put the put the put the scroll of with the words on top of the map and put the put that over top of the lichen. Do you see anything? <laughs> I'm gonna do that. <laughs> I'm actually gonna do that. No, you don't see anything. <laughs> no. This, this isn't national treasure, okay? <laughs> and oh. the third thing you notice is that the sunburst symbol that you saw outside the Temple of Arden is one of the symbols across the top of the map. Is there also a mortar and pestle up there? There isn't a mortar and pestle, but there is an older symbol that you now recognize looking at it with the understanding that these might be symbols of the individual gods. And you see that one of them is the 
older version of the symbol of Visham. Oh, this is a 1998 version. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. So you are able to scroll down the text. You, okay, you so he's copying copy. it on the back of the map? It's okay. on the back okay. of the map. It's on the back of the map. And I say, all right, we're going to put this... Well, hmm. I say we if, need... If, if there's a growing darkness that this stag warned us about, and if it's so important that we get to these... Well, from what it looks like, it looks like we might have to go to each of these different cities or whatnot, because it, it, the Jewels of Edelin, he said to ask about the Jewels of Edelin, so I have a feeling we need to go to these places. I wouldn't want somebody finding out about these locations and maybe tailing us or something. Mm, that's a good point. I have a feeling we should either take this scroll with us or find or make it so that nobody else comes across well, it. Well, I mean, we'll put the scroll somewhere like where it shouldn't be. Put it where my animal book is supposed to go. That's out in the public part of the library. I'm not sure if that's a, any that safer. Doesn't than... matter. No one. No one's gonna. No one's looking for it's gonna find it there. And anybody looking for an animal book will look at it and say, "This isn't not what I'm looking for." And then might point out to the librarian, who will then put it back where it's supposed to be. Well, yeah. not to mention, we'll know exactly where it is if we need it again. Well, we'll we also know exactly down. where it is if it's in our pocket. Wait a minute. Can we put it under the floor? Like Jake, a we, like like a loose. Want to hide it? Can loose. we take Can we take up one of the tiles? The the tiles are very firmly cemented together. Mm. However, if you give me a successful DC twelve, <laughs> all three of us crowd around the same tiling. Investigation go, oh. <laughs> check. Uh, you will be able to find a maybe a, a hollow space behind a shelf that okay. you can tuck this. So away are we all doing it between the shelf and the wall? Why, why don't one of you? That that would be Wamberbash. Wamberbash says. Hey, I found this right here. <laughs> <laughs> he has shifted the shelf just an inch more away from one of the walls against which it's standing, and there's a nice little cubby back there where you can slip this scroll. All right, let's to, hide it back there. I'm going to not roll it up, but I'm actually going to fold it up so it's much smaller. I'm going to tuck it back as far as I can reach. How can you fold it up and there's a purple rod in the middle of it? I take out the purple rod. That would, Can't do that, that would damage the scroll. Destroy it. Just kidding, I don't do that. I roll it up. There's, roll there's it up room for it to go. Yeah, I, I roll it up and then put it back as far as I can reach. And then I'm also going to just shove the shelf back in place. All right, there's that sound as the shelf goes back into place. It echoes through the library. And you have successfully hidden the scroll. I see no sign of Rebeck anywhere. Uh, I think we, I say we just leave. We can't, we can't be hauling all his stuff all over the countryside. I say we just leave his possessions at the front desk. He knows we were going to go to the library at some point anyway, so eventually he's got to make his way over here to ask about them. But Tira, I heard you tell that guard that you would take responsibility uh, for him. No, that, that was, was Peter me. who that said he would me. take responsibility oh. for no, him. Actually, actually, I really just want to look at Aren't you lawful good? I am lawful good, but I really want to look at his luggage just to see if he, if he was so desperate. You want to go through his bags? If he was so desperate, because why didn't I think for, of that? First of all, <laughs> yeah, to wear something better than that me? stupid shirt you no have on. No joke. <laughs> I'm sorry, running through his bags, buddy. You find me a better shirt. Actually, how about this? How we revert this? And Tara, how about you suggest that? I'm suggesting that we go through his bags before we drop him off to see if I can find something more respectable to wear. I'm going to protest half-heartedly and be like, I'm going to like just look that way, Peter. Yeah, no. I'm going to be like, what? No, okay, you convinced me. I'm going to sit <laughs> on the table. Okay, so I 
I guess, pick out the more suitcasey looking one that looks like it might have clothes and try and find something a little more, a little less conspicuous and more my So instead style. of a flouncy girl that yeah, I'm no kidding. Instead of a flouncy dude, bright purple flowery thing. dude's shirt. What do I find? Anything? I'm going to call it here. What? We are well into the game, uh, into the time of the recording. Now, before we close out, I do want to do one thing. We've been going for an hour and a half. Yeah, I know. I wow. know, but I need to read. I need to figure out how I'm going to keep my books and stuff. <laughs> Cliffhanger! Does Wombat Bash get to keep his books? books? How about, how about we just take them? How about we um, empty out the stuff? Just like leave it some, leave all the stuff where he'll find it. We'll put all of the books into the suitcase. No, I need these for our journey. Yeah, okay, anyway. We pull up and out of this area of the world, traveling hundreds of miles over broad lands, high mountains, and rushing rivers. As we descend, we see beneath us a large, walled city. Our path takes us into its heart, and we soon see that we're headed for a building that is plain, yet capable of capturing our eye. The heavy stone blocks of this austere building are massive. Its somber wooden roof sets it apart from the much more colorful ornamentation of the buildings around it. The only decorative touch is a series of grotesque carved wooden heads of stylized animals at the ends of the beams. The building's doors stand open. A man in flowing black robes holding a heavy book stands expectantly. In front of the building, at the foot of a set of squared-off stairs is a wide plaza. The perimeter is lined with people dressed in black. Though we can't hear anything, we see them suddenly begin to stir. City dwellers begin to press against the low wooden barricades, and the line of liveried guards straining their necks to see something happening at the end of the plaza opposite the building. There, where an archway leads into the open area, a number of guards bearing pole arms enters, marching briskly. Behind them, draped in chains and attached to two massive guards, is a figure dressed in gray clothes that couldn't possibly be comfortable in this cold. His face is pale, as though it hasn't seen sunlight in quite some time. But his jaw is set. His gaze never wavers from the stern doors of the building ahead. As he enters the plaza, the onlookers burst into a silent frenzy, yelling and hurling whatever is at hand. Their faces contort in rage as they yell and thrust their fists toward him, bringing up the rear as a contingent of well-dressed people, their faces grim. They nod approvingly at the prisoner's reception and hang back just enough to avoid getting hit themselves. The escort comes to a halt in front of the steps. The prisoner stares upward at the robed figure who, after a moment, begins to speak. The plaza crowd subsides. The man jabs his finger at the book cradled in his arm, his face purpling as he raises his voice silently to us, so all can hear. The prisoner never breaks his gaze. After several minutes, the harangue ends. The robed man whirls and disappears inside the building. The escort lurches forward also, and as the last dignitary enters, the crowd streams from their wooden barriers to take up a place at the foot of the stairs. There is hardly breathing room to be found. Once more, we rise into the air and return to where our three friends are, and all sound returns to us. Hmm. 
I that well hmm. Yes. And that, <laughs> and that about sums it up, folks. <laughs> I'm going to leave it there. And that is it for this episode. <sighs> Let's talk experience points. Okay. I'm going to give you partial credit for the exploration of the city of Flynnmore, so you get five extra experience points. That leaves you four more that you can get for exploring more of Flynnmore. Okay. Um, oh, go ahead. Sorry. And let's go with Norse Battle. Oh. Uh, do I get any points for going and talking to my countrymen? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I forgot to mention that. Tira, I'm going to give you five experience points for getting to speak with Roland, Roland. Dark Tower. That's right. <laughs> Roland. Roland. <laughs> and I'm going to give you, Peter, five experience points for talking with Radiance. Okay. However reluctantly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All and right. now let's go with Norse Battle. All right. Well, I want to nominate Peter for some points for his lovely reading of that amazing scroll. Yes. Yes, because without him, we'd be like, um, yeah. what do we do now? Uh, we need to find somebody who can read. <laughs> nah. Yeah, why don't you take a couple for that? Nah, you don't get to refuse points. Take your points, boy. How many? Two. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> uh... So, yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's think about it. You guess, left yeah. Asimeris. Right. You went to the marketplace. Uh, you interacted with the dwarves. You made your way up the street and mm -hmm. to the library. Yep. So uh, in the library, you were able to successfully find the scroll, even though you failed the challenge. <laughs> no kidding. That was awful. But uh, somebody thought to hide the scroll. <gasps> Wumberbash, right? Take half an experience point for that. <laughs> okay. I you know you only need one more to level, so I'm just trying to draw this out yeah, as much yeah. as I can. <laughs> yeah, no. take two. That's <laughs> <laughs> overkill. Yeah, awesome. That's level three, folks. <laughs> just so you know. Yeah, well. All right, and Tira? There, How there dashing some... I look in the purple shirt? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you rock that shirt. Can yeah, we all yeah. just level up? Because I'm at 97. Uh, You're pretty close too, right? Yeah, I'll have 95 after this. Okay. I um, didn't do anything. I talked to him. You get, already gave me five points just for talking to my friend from home. Yeah. You arranged for a sword. Mm, yeah, that's right. Did I, though? <laughs> yeah, you got, me, you got me my sword. And there's some leadership displayed in there, too. And it was only, I only got the sword because I was your friend. There you go. That's point worthy. Friends and family <laughs> discount. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How many so points? Take two. She's like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so you're one away, right? No, I'm the three, I'll be three away. I'm three away. Uh, she and Thane are tied right now. Yeah. Can I give a point? <laughs> if you want to. Thane, how many do you need? He needs three. We how both need three, three, so you can't give us points. I mean, if you give away your points, then you won't I, I can give away one point of mine. Why don't you give it to Peter? <clears throat> yeah, I'll give it to Peter. Peter, you take one point. Yeah. Tira, I'll say I, I'm always happy when I see how thrilled you are to see <laughs> good, uh, good engineering. So how excited I you get. I love the floor and the table. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> So, yeah, we're, we're going to end this with everybody at 
third level. No, I only have 98 points then. Oh, yes, Unless you're giving me three points for that. I am. Oh, man. And Peter, <laughs> that feels cheap. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I want you all to be together. It's not fun when one of you is well ahead of the others and so forth. Yeah, let's go with Peter. I, I like how you're focused on getting the job done. You know you're here for the library, and everything so yeah, far has been... Got to go to the library. Beautiful lady, yes. Yeah, but library, cares? let's go. Yeah. I mean, we Girls, do have to talk no. about that, but that's Yeah, later. we'll do that later, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. All right, so look at that. I'm at level three. Now, there's a lot that goes into level three. Yeah, like, we'll, I mean, have, to do, we'll to have to do a leveling what, episode, uh, yes, yeah. Recap of experience points is... I am 100 points into level two, so I've just hit level three. 100 points, level three. I have zero hit po- uh, zero <laughs> experience points because I am level three. Excellent. Aww. So all three characters, all at level three. And we've made progress. We have found out what the jewels of Edelin are and even have some notion. Okay, so that's the other. That's the, that's the points. That's all rolled up with okay. the rewards today. You <laughs> okay, have sounds located good. the jewels of Edelin. All right. So that takes some of the sting out of it. Yeah, I guess. Before we go, we do want to say some thank yous. We... Uh, are really excited. A friend of ours from years ago has agreed to do some commission work and draw the characters. I sent him the descriptions and we've already seen the first sketch. And so he's in the process of inking that and going to send us a high res scan once that's done. So it's exciting to see the characters start to come to life outside of the game. Yeah. So it's just been a lot of fun to see that growing sense of reality to this world. Also, we are seeing downloads. We saw one from Kuwait. That's right. Uh, which was really interesting. I'm not sure who that was. If it's a service member, if it is, thank you for your service. And if not, then thank you for listening. Either way. But we want to thank you for joining us on this adventure. We're having fun, and we hope you are having fun with us. And we will see you next time here at Stack of Dice. Maybe I turn to a summaries and just say, well, thank you so much for the axe. <clears throat> the axe. <laughs> Sorry. The axe. The axe. Don't even think about trying to escape. Yeah, yeah. Hi, I'm Tira. <clears throat> Sorry. I... <laughs> <laughs>